0: Let us pray. God, as always, we thank you for this opportunity to freely gather here and worship you. As we continue this Lenten journey of prayer and reflection, as we continue our journey through the Lord's Prayer, God, may you speak into our hearts, minds, and lives this day and each day which you have for us. And may my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're continuing our journey through the Lord's Prayer, if you've caught all or part of it. We, I've been preaching on and talking about the, the lines of the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that we pray every week, a prayer that is meant to be powerful and life-changing, a prayer that is familiar, and one of the challenges with the things that are familiar is that they might become too familiar. And so part of the hope of this time is that as we pray this each week, it wouldn't just be a part of our tradition and worship and ritual, but would be transforming for us. And so we looked at the first part of the Lord's Prayer and our identity as adopted children of God. We looked at understanding what it means to seek God's will in our lives. We examined the first of our requests that God would provide everything we need, recognizing everything we have is because of God. This morning, we get to what I think is the hardest part of the Lord's Prayer, as you heard me say in children's time, the most difficult part. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Whether we use the word trespass or trespasses, sin or debt or debtors is irrelevant. It all means the same thing, and I'll get to that. It's interesting because I find forgiveness very difficult to preach on because for me it's not easy. And when you preach on something, you have to think about it a little more. And so as I think about it a little more, I'm always reminded of those ways where I've struggled or failed to forgive, whether it be myself or others. A couple weeks ago on Wednesday nights, we looked at these last words of the cross of Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. I actually encourage you to go back and you can go online and listen to that message if you weren't with us, because these last words of Christ are so important to us. And I'm not going to rehash that, of course, but the truth is, as I said that night, forgiveness is hard. It's complicated. It seems counterintuitive. It seems to, in so many ways, feel unnatural. But the truth is, we owe God complete obedience. And when we fail to obey God, and I said when, speaking at least of myself, and when we fail to obey God, we are ultimately in debt to God for those failures. We know the good news that we get to come to Holy Week and Easter, that that debt was paid by Christ on the cross But nonetheless, we understand that debt. And that language is important to understand as we think about this part of the Lord's Prayer. It really is interesting, though, because though we know that this debt is taken care of on the cross, it's also based on our willingness to forgive others. That's the truth of this passage. There's no real way to work around it. Forgive me as I forgive others. It doesn't say forgive me and I'll try to forgive others as I forgive others. This is the forgiveness issue is, of course, a past, present, and future issue, but this language in both the English and the Greek is is present, it's active, it As I, as I continue to forgive others, as I actively forgive others, there is an action here. We don't just passively forgive. It really ultimately is a choice, from the smallest thing to the most significant thing, from the strongest relationship to the most irrelevant relationship we have. It is an active thing. It's a constant thing. That perhaps the most important truth in this verse and about forgiveness is this forgiveness is reciprocal it's reciprocal it's not so much about condition because the true nature of forgiveness is unconditional it's really reciprocal i don't get real excited about that i would like to be in charge of forgiveness who i choose to forgive and to not forgive right who deserves it and who doesn't deserve it. We have a good sense of justice. That's why this forgiveness concept is so counterintuitive to us. But see, it's not about justice. It's not about right. It's not about fairness. We always tell our kids that life's not fair, right? But we struggle to forgive most when something unfair happens to us. It's not about that. You see, it's about relationship. That's what forgiveness ultimately is about. It's about relationship. And, and we easily forget that there's nothing more important to the God of the universe than relationship. Our relationship with God, our relationship with the world, our relationship with one another. That relationship is primary. And that's what forgiveness is really about. It's not about truth. It's not about justice or fairness or equality or some other value that may be good. It's about relationship, and it's interesting because I must confess true hypocrisy here because to expect, beg for, ask, hope for, whatever word fits for the situation, to ask for forgiveness and to not give it, to ask for mercy and not give it, at very best, is hypocritical. But forgiveness is hard. It's so hard. We're all different. Some things are easier to forgive than others. There are certain things that happen for each of us that we just struggle to forgive, while other things, no big deal. There are little things that we let go of easily and little things that we hang on to real tight. There are big things that we let go of real easy and big things that we clutch so tight. I mean, that's part of the beauty and challenge of marriage, right? That, that a relationship with our children or even friendship, that this forgiveness thing, this things that we can forgive easily and maybe someone else close to us can't forgive so easily, And listen, I need forgiveness all the time. Just ask my family. If you haven't experienced that with me yet, just ask my family. I need it all the time. But sometimes we get so busy needing it, we forget to give it. And it's hard. It's really hard. It's a hard prayer. And I think the hardest part of this prayer is not praying it. We can say words. Not understanding it. We can get this concept. It's a longer of our sentences, but it's a simple sentence. It is difficult to live it. But I think maybe the greatest challenge with forgiveness might be sincerity. Oh, I forgive, but... Of Christian, but always watch out for what I call the Christian, but I forgive, but dot dot dot, or I forgive, but I won't let it happen again, or I forgive, but if they do it again, or I forgive, but I don't forget. Which, by the way, that's not technically forgiveness, but we'll get to that. That an unforgiving disciple of Jesus Christ is not actually a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the truth of the matter. I wish it were different because life would be easier. And that doesn't mean that we don't have patterns and boundaries, that we don't protect ourselves. It doesn't mean that we let anything happen to us. Do keep in mind, though, that Christ did allow anything to happen to him. Do keep in mind the cross. Because I think sometimes these ideas of boundaries and patterns which are important and watching out for these patterns and protecting ourselves, while that's all important, I think they become excuses and crutches for us. I really do think they become excuses and crutches for us. You see, this prayer isn't about a requirement from God for us, although I think it is just that. It's not just something nice to say. This is about our hearts. Unforgiveness really only hurts us. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Maybe you've had somebody you've been angry at And they seem fine a lot of the times, right? Maybe they don't know, maybe they don't care, maybe they don't think about it. But when we hold on to unforgiveness, it hurts us, not the other person. Life goes on for them. But as we hold on to it, it hurts our hearts. It pulls us down. It impacts us greatly. It tears us apart. That part of this prayer is not just Jesus hoping that we'll play nice together, but Jesus knowing how much unforgiveness hurts our heart. That to hold on to something, to wait for justice, to to hope for revenge, for settling the score, for getting even, to, to hang on to something so it doesn't happen again, to protect ourselves. That's costly. It's exhausting too, by the way, if you didn't know. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to that. It's costly, it's exhausting, it really only hurts us, it really only hurts our spirit. You know, we pass somebody in the grocery store who did something, you know, like cut us off in a parking lot, you know, something massive biblical sin like that, (laughs) and we're like, oh, that so-and-so's, you know, right? And we mumble about it, and the way we see that person, and the way we do the rest of our grocery shopping, probably end up spending more money, because then you do angry grocery shopping. I mean, the way that these things impact us. It has such an impact on our hearts and our lives that I think that maybe part of this is is Jesus protecting our hearts, protecting us, caring for us. Because holding on to something is painful for us. And by the way, uh, nothing really goes away until we actually let it go. It doesn't. Now, the truth is some things take time. There are things in my life right now, there are people and situations in my life, truth be told, that I'm still working through that forgiveness process. Some of them really, really tiny. Some of them really, really big. And sometimes it takes time. But we can't use that as an excuse. I can't use that as an excuse. I have to keep asking God for help. I have to keep working at it. And that's the beauty. We don't have to do this alone. We actually can't do this alone or on our own strength. There are things that have and will happen to us that we cannot forgive without the help of God. We can't do it without our own power. That we need to say those words, I apologize and I forgive you and hope that God helps us to mean it more and more each day. Because we have memory, right? And we can only really totally let go and really forgive something if God helps us to really forget it. Here's the great news, though. God forgets. Do you know that when God forgives you, he also forgets? So he doesn't, God doesn't sit around and say, oh, there goes Marcus, you know, being grumpy behind the wheel again or yelling at the gas station or rooting for the New England Patriots Tisk tisk, in him and his sin, that God forgets it completely, that, that there's not this divine filing cabinet where Jesus looks up the sin and goes, oh, yeah, I remember back in March of 2010 when Marcus did that thing again, that God forgets, that the forgiveness of God is a complete erasure of the memory which is great news for us. It's great news for me. And I think that's how God continues to forgive us, because God can forget. God chooses to forget. That's the gift of the cross. We've all been given grace, and Luther reminds us all that we have has been given by grace. If we've been given grace, we must give it. We can't expect forgiveness in the big things and refuse to give mercy in the little things. And by the way, I would argue ninety percent of the stuff we struggle to forgive is little stuff. It's little stuff. It's little stuff that really doesn't matter. Max Lucado in his book that he writes about the Lord's Prayer, it is a great book, a must read. He talks about forgiveness as the roof of the house. Not so helpful to have a house without a roof, huh? Important part of the house, right? Especially this winter, can you imagine? Can't do much without the roof. You notice when the roof isn't working? To fix or replace the roof, not exactly cheap, right? But critical, important, essential for us that forgiveness, that the grace of God, is the roof. That we have no debt to God, yet we're called to this reciprocal relationship. We're called to forgive others. Easier said than done. There's not a real gentle way to look at this passage. It's a hard truth. And when we pray it, we shouldn't just gloss over it. We say this before communion on purpose, by the way. We confess before communion, whether it's at the beginning of the service or somewhere else, we confess before communion on purpose, that before we come to this altar, we should be asking God's help to let go. We should be embracing and remembering and celebrating God's forgiveness for us, God's grace for us. But then we should be asking God to help us let these things go, to forgive others. That it says in the scripture, if you come to the altar and your brother or sister has sinned against you and you've not forgiven it, leave the altar and go. That these words are not just nice words in a prayer that's been around for a while. It's a prayer Jesus gave us, by the way, so it might be a little important. We need it to come to the table. And when we come to the table, we actually embrace God's forgiveness for us. These symbols that are more than symbols, that remind us of what Jesus did so that we could be forgiven, so that we could receive grace. And as we take the bread and the cup, I often pray, God, give me the strength through these gifts to forgive as you have forgiven me. I don't like talking about forgiveness because truth is I'm not always successful at that. But maybe as we pray this prayer every week or daily or how often we pray it, maybe we need to think about forgiveness more often. Maybe we need to think about forgiveness differently. What do you need to forgive? What do you need to let go of? One of the reasons I hate I'm preaching about forgiveness, and I've had to do it twice this month, you know, poor me, right? It forces me to think about it more. Because I can't just say stuff. It's got to mean something to me. I've got to wrestle with it too. And so every time I think about forgiveness, I've got to look at my hypocrisy and think about those stupid little things that I've not forgiven. That's not really fun work. That's not the exciting, fluffy Jesus, hopeful stuff that we get excited about. But you know, the Easter story isn't so great without forgiveness. We need it. We want it. We ask for it. We hope for it. We pray for it. We beg for it. Why can't we give it? What is it that we need to forgive? What is it that we need to let go of? What is it that you need to forgive? What is it that you need to let go of? Because until we let go, our hearts are going to be heavy. And that's what it's about. It's about letting go. God forgives me. God forgives us. God forgives you. And so we look to God and say, God, give me the strength to forgive others. Give us the strength <coughs> to forgive others, because at the end of the day it's not worth it. We're not in charge of justice, we're not perfect or even righteous. And the cost to our heart is more significant than we realize. (coughs) And so goes our heart, that's the way our life goes as well. And so our unforgiveness not only eats us up, but it impacts every relationship, every encounter, everything we do, all that matters to us. And that's why I had to make the joke to the kids about that movie Frozen. It really is good. That there's a lot of letting go that we need to do. And sometimes when you're stuck in life, when you feel like things aren't going so hot, a lot of times I think that the answer is found. Freedom is found. That the moving forward is found when you let go. That's what Jesus went to the cross for. So that we could be forgiven. So that we can know God. So that we could let it go. That Jesus then could model for us a new way of living not a way of getting even, justness, or fairness, but a way of forgiveness, mercy, and grace. We're called to embrace the grace and mercy and forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I mention it each time we come to the table. In Lent we think about the cross, because the Easter story is really irrelevant without the cross. Jesus raising from the dead without dying isn't much of a story. And it's because of the cross that we can have grace. It's because of the cross that we can have forgiveness. It's because of the cross that we can give grace, that we can give forgiveness. It must have been awfully important to the God of the universe and to his son Jesus if he was willing to endure that so that we could have it and so that we could give it. So our call is not to waste it, no matter how difficult it might be. Let us pray. God, we thank you for these words, for this prayer, even though difficult. Recognizing, God, that forgiveness is hard. It doesn't seem right, fair, or natural. Yet we want and need it ourselves. God, give us the strength to forgive others as we each come to this table today. God, help us to see those things, those people, those situations, whether large or small, that we need to let go of, that we need to forgive. And most of all, God, may that renew our understanding of your grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray.